You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Metro Vancouver residents getting a taste of what the BC interior has been dealing with for weeks. A stubborn fire right in the center of Richmond now sending up a huge plume of smoke blocking out the sun in many parts of the lower mainland. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. Yes, the smell of smoke is in the air across Metro Vancouver, but firefighters are throwing everything they have at this fire. Making matters worse, though, this one is a bog fire, which is very difficult to fight. Global's Jill Bennett is live in Richmond tonight with the latest on this one. Jill, they say this could be burning for days to come. It could be, Sophie. The winds have died down, and that's a good sign. But crews are still pouring water on this fire. They have been working all day. They were joined late today by members of the B.C. Wildfire Service, and more crews are going to be joining this fight overnight. It's an attack from the air. Skimmers dropping a mixture of water and foam on the fire burning in forest and bog off Shell Road, a fire that at one point grew to between seven and eight hectares to suppress the fire in spots probably layered out enough that we can actually go in and extinguish it. Going in another battle, crews had to cut their way through the trees and bog on this federal site to get to the flames. I've talked to the chief and talked to Global. They're going to do a live feed for us and try to give us a better idea where the fire is. This is, we're all in peatland here. It's very uh, acidic, it's very dry. The tricky thing with peat is it gets in the underground and it burns underground very slowly. As for the cause of the fire, still unknown, but even before it started, Richmond City officials were about to close some nearby trails because of the extreme dry conditions. And there were tents found near the spot where the fire started. I was told there was an encampment, um, that it's not the first time it has been seen in here. It's quite common, unfortunately, in Richmond that people camp out, you know. Yeah. While no homes or structures are threatened, there are concerns about the increased smoke in the area. We are concerned, obviously, because of the proximity of this fire to Richmond Nature Park, which is just across the street. Another one right behind us. Planes spent more than an hour picking up water from the Fraser River and dousing the fire. And on the ground, excavators are working to contain the perimeter, trying to stop it from spreading any further. And those excavators hopefully will have that job done tonight. They're hoping to get it 100% contained. As for the rest of the evening and overnight, because it's a military base, the military side is going to keep, be keeping an eye on things. Fire crews here will be keeping an eye on the fire as well. But again, they are saying even once they get the upper hand on this, because of the nature of this fire and the size, it's eight hectares on a 30 hectare site, it could still be a couple of days before it is finally put out. Chris, Sophie? It's so dry out there right now. Jill, thank you. Now we'll take you to the Okanagan where fire crews are scrambling to control a wildfire that threatened a neighborhood in Kelowna for a time. Global's Kimberly Davidson joins us live from near there with the latest on that fight. Kimberly. Well, Chris, this whole thing apparently started with a couple of kids who were playing with a lighter and it became dangerously close to becoming an interface fire. The blaze was sparked around 1 o'clock this afternoon and crews hit it hard with four helicopters, four air tankers, BC Wildfire even sending 10 ground crew to help the Kelowna Fire Department fighting this fire. And fire retardant has been laid around the whole perimeter of the fire now. It has been held at four hectares. Helicopters were dropping water until late this afternoon. A 
ground crew will remain at the scene overnight. And this fire prompted well over 900 evacuation alerts, not just in this neighborhood, but also in a community called Wilden, which is just over the hill. And those alerts, all indications are, will stay in place overnight as a precaution. Chris, Sophie? All right, let's hope there's no more spread of that fire. Thank you, Kimberly. Now, troubling new information tonight about the home life of the seven-year-old girl whose body was found in a Langley condo last weekend. As Rumina Dea reports, court documents show that the mother of Aaliyah Rosa was once the subject of a restraining order and required supervision for visits with her daughter. Oh, my gosh. Okay, be strong. Yeah, this time. Aaliyah would be strong and say, Miss Trish, be strong. Miss Trish and Miss Shalan heartbroken over the loss of one of their most treasured students, seven-year-old Aaliyah Rosa. As soon as she saw you walk up, she just ran and gave you a huge monster hug and just made your day with her warm love and her big hug. And it's just, it's hard to know that that's gone. The little girl, a victim of homicide. Her body discovered in a rental apartment in Langley on Sunday. A 36-year-old woman taken to hospital. How do you comprehend that a little girl is gone at no fault of her own? Court documents reveal Aaliyah's father had sole custody in 2016. Her mother, subject to a restraining order and not allowed within 500 meters of her daughter's home or school. Mom also restrained from possessing a weapon or firearm. Supervised visits were granted in February last year, followed by unsupervised visits in July 2017. The court ordered a progress report, but we don't know the outcome. The Ministry of Children and Family Development says it doesn't comment on specific cases. No charges have been laid in connection to Aaliyah's death. The Integrated Homicide Investigation Team will only say it was an isolated incident. IHIT is not commenting on the relationship between Aaliyah and the woman taken to hospital. They will only say they knew each other. Just think of all the good moments, right? Aaliyah's teachers remember how she was the first to help others. Now they're trying to take time off if needed. You have to surround the people that you care about. And show them that there's people yeah. there for you and that mm-hmm. we care. And, you know, we're through every step of the way of his grieving and his him getting over this. Romina Dea, Global News. In other news tonight, two B.C. police officers who've been prevented from leaving Cuba since April have now been charged in connection with an alleged sexual assault. Global's Paul Johnson is in our newsroom with the breaking details. And, Paul, this has to do with a Canadian victim. It does. Chris, we have yet to have this confirmed by the Cuban government, but sources close to the officers in question are telling us that prosecutors have now charged them. This involves an alleged attack that happened in the resort town of Veradero in March, where the officers in question were both on vacation. The alleged victim is a 17-year-old girl who is also from Canada. One of the officers is with the Vancouver Police Department. Sources say he is facing a charge of sex assault that could bring a seven-year sentence. The other officer is with the Port Moody Police Department, with the same sources telling us he is facing a charge of accessory to sex assault and could face four years in prison if he's convicted. The two men have been barred from leaving the island while this investigation has been happening. Cuba has a very different legal system than Canada's, and there's likely very little help they can get from Canada while this plays out. They, they would be much better served with a Cuban lawyer 
than with a Canadian lawyer in, uh, in the current situation where they find themselves. Now, whether a Canadian lawyer might get involved peripherally or, or in terms of, uh, of assisting with liaison or, or assisting them, the, the most important thing for them is going to be to have a Cuban lawyer and somebody who can assist them with Cuban law. Vancouver police told us today they have not been in contact with the Cuban authorities and don't have an update on this latest development, though they say they are watching it as it moves through the court process in Cuba. Chris? As are we. Thanks very much. Paul Johnson reporting. RCMP and the B.C. Summer Games Executive are investigating disturbing allegations from last weekend's games. As many as 30 girls say they were touched inappropriately during the athletes' dance on Saturday night. Games organizers say they took immediate action, shutting down the dance and talking to the girls. We have now sent a letter off to the families of, of those girls as well as on the day we communicated opportunities for them to seek support through places like victim services. So at this point in time we're just uh, in the process of confirming what actually happened and we urge anyone who may have been victimized or witnessed the events uh, to please call the North Cowich and Duncan RCMP. Now, in a global news exclusive, disturbing allegations from employees of two subway locations in Alder Grove. The whistleblowers say they've been refused overtime and statutory holiday pay and have been tormented by their boss. They also claim they've been told to tamper with best before dates on products to keep food costs down. We're concealing the identities of those who came forward. Nitu Garcha reports. You're dumb, you're brainless, you're this, you're that, like, oh my God. Allegations of bullying by the boss. He used abusive language in front of everyone. The beginning of a long list of allegations, including labor and food safety violations from six employees who work at two subway shops in Aldergrove. Two employees so fed up, they quit. Stress, uh, sadness, and uh, we are scared. Current and former staff showing us a pile of pay stubs, each for two-week time periods that show overtime and statutory holidays worked were paid at the minimum wage rate instead of time and a half. Some of the whistleblowers also say they regularly work the role of a manager at minimum wage. She keeps saying, oh, I don't have to keep you guys. I can fire you any days. Global News agreed to conceal their identities. But the Indian but nobody never speaks and because everybody needs job. One woman who did speak up says she was later fired without reason, raising questions about whether there was discrimination against Indo-Canadians, some who recently arrived to Canada and may not know their rights. It's white people, she's paying everything, like start pay, holidays, overtime, everything. And it's not just labor infractions. There are allegations of mishandled food. The employees say they're told to tamper with best before dates to bring food costs down, including serving expired chicken. Shockingly, the employees say they're ordered to hide expired product in their personal vehicles while inspections are being done. The owner in question, Baljeet Sidhu, originally agreed to meet with us to speak about the allegations, saying she had recently terminated an employee with two weeks' pay and that she feels she's done nothing wrong. She later cancelled and referred us to Subway Corporate. In a statement, Subway Canada said in part, we are concerned by these allegations and are investigating them. We found no food safety violations. 
The B.C. Federation of Labour calls the allegations worrying and plans to order an immediate investigation. This stuff unfortunately happens all the time uh, and, and isn't often paid attention to. Uh, and, and because these are folks who really don't have a voice. B.C. Labour Minister Harry Baines says incidents like this shouldn't happen under any circumstance and when allegations are proven, employers will be held accountable. Neetu Garcha, Global News, Aldergrove. Now anyone who finds themselves in a similar position to those employees can go to the province's Employment Standards Branch website for more information or call the 1-800 number. That's 1-800-663-3316. Right now, though, a lot of angry people in Surrey tonight over the fate of a well-known tree. The tree was a local landmark known for its prominent eagle's nest. As Linda Aylesworth reports, the city's now trying to find out who's responsible for damaging it so badly it had to be taken down. It's a sad sight, an eagle's nest shattered on the ground. It's quite a, a super big structure. I mean, when it was up the tree... It was a good seven feet across and about three and a half, four feet deep. David Hancock, a leading authority on bald eagles, regularly got calls from locals concerned that the giant cottonwood tree that housed the nest along Highway 99 in South Surrey would one day be lost to development. And the promise has always been, no, it's going to be saved. Well, it didn't. On Tuesday, the city of Surrey had no choice but to take the tree down after learning that two failed and illegal attempts had been made over the last few months to fall it, leaving it in danger of toppling at any time through power lines and onto 20th Avenue or Croydon Drive. The danger was that the tree had been cut on both sides and was, had very little holding wood in the centre of the tree that was keeping it standing. Somebody's been trying hard for a while here. Yeah to bring this down by the look of it. The tree, which for nine seasons safely cradled the nest, was on land owned by mainland developments. Requests for comment were not answered. Fortunately, there were no chicks in the nest at the time, but that doesn't make the act any less a crime. Wildlife Act Section 34 protects year-round the tree that an eagle nest is in. The fine under the Wildlife Act, up to $100,000 and one year in prison. This is the crime scene. Our enforcement uh, agency has a file on, open on it and uh, they're investigating right now. But bringing the culprit to justice won't bring the nest or the cottonwood uniquely suited to support it back. You just don't find big solid trees like this. Very many on the whole, the whole of the city of Surrey. I am definitely going to miss it. Aylesworth Global News. Now, he's been a fixture on Vancouver's Main Street for decades. Sophus the Birdman, as he's affectionately known, is adored by many in the community. His exotic bird collection has flown under the radar for years. But now the city says the flock must go. As Aaron MacArthur reports, neighbors are crying foul over the crackdown. He is known as the Birdman of Main Street. Sophus Kelly has more than a few pet parrots. It started with one 30 years ago. How many do you have? 65. 65, that's a lot. Yeah. It gives me something to do and I love them. Sophus has run afoul of City Hall. The bylaw states no one can own more than 12 birds. After visits to the home in May and again in July, 
fines are now a possibility. Sofa says he has no intention of giving up his babies. I'm preparing to move. You'll sell and move before you give away a bird? Of course. I'm not giving away one bird. The neighborhood up in arms about the potential of losing their friend. A petition has been launched. He's been living here forever. He's a real character. Everybody knows him in the neighborhood. And people want to know why the city is picking this bylaw to enforce. I think they have more important things to deal with than someone who's keeping to himself and and who is a unique character who brings flavor uh, to, to the city. The city responded in a statement saying there is great concern for the welfare of the birds. Working in conjunction with the SPCA, there is hope a majority of them can be rehoused. Who wants to pay increasing fines? And who wants to play officials knocking at your door every day, bugging you? I want to be left alone and look after my babies. Kelly intends to put his house up for sale next month. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. A B.C. man's been busted in connection with what police say is the largest traffic stop marijuana seizure since 2015. Last Sunday, an RCMP officer pulled over this semi-trailer on the Trans-Canada Highway in West Hawk, Manitoba. Police discovered 925 pounds of neatly vacuum-packaged pot inside the trailer, also hidden in the load of food being hauled, 75 pounds of cannabis shatter, oils, and edibles, including cookies. All of the pot was destined for southern Ontario. 46-year-old Cloudy Huber of Agassiz is charged now with drug trafficking. A landmark court decision in B.C. could be a game-changer for the enforcement of distracted driving laws. Ted Chernecki tells us why a judge's decision to throw out a distracted driving ticket has the potential to change the way the law is applied. The so-called Colwood Crawl on Highway 1 in Victoria is a favorite spot for police to look for drivers using their electronic devices while moving. And it was here where Patrick Tannhauser was handed a distracted driving ticket last August, but it's a ticket he beat in court by successfully arguing that his company forces him to install an app on his phone that disallows most communication. The Justice of the Peace in this case um, looked at this fellow who had this disabling software in his phone and came to the conclusion that that was not use in this, uh, in this context of this piece of legislation. We haven't seen that so far. The judge agreed that simply picking up a phone and moving it from one part of the vehicle to another, especially since the screen was dark, does not constitute operating an electronic device while driving. I need to focus on what's in front of me. I'm in front of you. These disabling apps are something ICBC has been studying extensively. They've just completed two pilot projects where volunteers' driving habits were tracked and most of the functionality of their phones disabled. Talking and listening are not the biggest problems that we have. Uh, the biggest problems we have involve people's hands and their eyes. Anyone with an iPhone can turn on Do Not Disturb, effectively shutting down communication while in motion. But early research suggests any app must do more than that. The court ruling, in fact, cites the ICBC study, suggesting BC's distracted driving law is too broad in scope. And there's lots of reasons to appeal it. I mean, one of is clarity in the law. Uh, you know, this is a relatively new piece of legislation. We don't have a lot of court decisions on it. Uh, I would imagine that the government, the Attorney General's office, is looking at it with the view of potentially appealing it. In the meantime, expect more of the ticketed to try to invoke the defense of, but I had a disabling app installed. Ted Chernecki, Global News. Well, Brentwood Bay outside of Victoria is a popular destination for summer fun, but beachgoers are now facing a health warning after high levels of bacteria were detected in the water.
Our Kylie Stanton spent the day there, and Kylie, locals believe they know where the fecal contamination is coming from. Yes, two beaches here in the Brentwood Bay area remain closed to swimmers, but officials have yet to determine exactly where those contaminants are coming from. And that has many living here pointing fingers. It's been there for about three years with nobody on it. They drop anchor and never seem to leave. Nearly 90 boats now call this inlet home, whether or not anyone is living on them. It's not new for, uh, for Brentwood Bay. Uh, the number is new. Um, and the number of people who uh, simply um, dump their sewage into the bay, um, we're pretty sure has increased quite dramatically. The local watchdog group is convinced that's what's behind the latest warnings issued by Island Health. Tests show high levels of enterococci bacteria, now resulting in no swimming advisories for the area. It's a bacteria that apparently lives in our guts and uh, can get out into the water when there's uh, contamination, but it's also a, uh, a sign of fecal coliforms, which can be hazardous to uh, our health. Officials say several factors can influence bacteria levels, including animal feces, tide, even the hot summer weather. And although the district of central Saanich has ruled out a sewage leak, the mariners here claim that's a more likely cause. This is just another case of liveaboards being unfairly targeted. Most of the bay is 112 uh, feet deep. And so the idea of what they're doing over there is contaminating the shoreline here um, seems a little bit ludicrous. We see this repeated over and over again where the whole idea of pollution is used to provide political pressure to get people to be moved out. And then afterwards you find out, oh, guess we still have the problem. In hopes of putting an end to the dispute, the district has applied to the province for a license of occupation in the bay that, if approved, would allow officials to manage the number of boats mooring here while monitoring liveaboard wastewater management. We are always striving to make the bay better, help to stabilize and, and make the number of boats out there sustainable as well. To my way of thinking, it's just a mess. Simmons supports that application, hoping it will reveal some answers and turn things around. I think we should work together to identify where the sources are and to correct them. Now, Island Health will continue to test the waters here, but the advisories will remain in effect until those levels return to normal. Chris, Sophie? A desperate situation now in California where raging infernos turned deadly overnight. Two people working to stop the flames were killed. Their deaths came as the state's fires exploded in size, sending hundreds fleeing through a wall of flames. It didn't just take homes, it took lives. Firefighter and a dozer driver killed in this massive inferno in Redding, California. We mourn the loss. Overnight, the car fire tripling in size, fueled by 70 mile an hour winds. Wow. Crews forced to switch from defending homes to getting people out and saving whatever they could. Fire's creeping real, real close to some residences up here. 120 structures damaged as flames jumped the Sacramento River and a wall of unstoppable fire swept in. It's just crazy. It's just out of control. With this firefight now going block by block, firefighters are losing more houses by the hour, and there is very little they can do. Conditions so explosive, a mass exodus created chaos in jammed roads. A local television station pulling the plug on its live broadcast. Right now. Yes. We are going to leave the station because it is now unsafe to be here. This is a monster. In Southern California, the Cranston Fire creating its own weather near Palm Springs. 
firefighters in danger. And they put their lives on the line to save everyone else's and their property. We just can't thank them enough. In Central California, the Ferguson Fire shuttering Yosemite Valley another day. I've been doing this 31 years, the most explosive fires that I've ever seen in my career. Explosive and deadly. Super fires erupting in every region, lighting up the Golden State in a dangerous glow of red. In health matters tonight, Quebec's highest court giving the green light to a class action lawsuit alleging a link between hair loss drugs and health problems. It covers Quebec men who took one of two drugs before November 2011 and then allegedly developed problems. Problems including erectile dysfunction, loss of libido, and even shrinking genitals. Both drugs are known to prevent or reverse baldness, but one is also used to treat hypertrophy or the enlargement of a body part or organ. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. A six-year-old German shepherd so good at her job, if you can believe it, there's a bounty on her head. That story coming up right after the forecast. Yvonne Schell joins us now with a look at that forecast. Oh, it looks like... There's a glimmer of sunshine out there that's not blocked by the smoky haze, Yvonne. Yes, hazy conditions. We're seeing filtered sunshine, but there has been plenty of sunshine and heat just above the haze. Smoky skies will continue over the next few days, and the heat is on. It'll be even warmer for the latter half of our weekend, and I'll show you those highs and the peak of the heat in just a moment. 23 out of the airport with a southwesterly wind, light at 9 kilometers per hour. Today we brought it up to 25 degrees, but with the humidex it felt closer to 31, and inland Sections were into the low 30s or well above the average, and we could potentially see record breaking temperatures for Sunday and Monday. Highs across the south coast today inland for Port Alberni up to 36 degrees, Whistler climbing up to 33, Asoyuz today at 36 degrees, and areas near Prince George closer to 30 degrees. We still have some instability this evening, southeastern corners of the province, risk of a thunderstorm. We've got some lightning strikes, and just east of Prince George with a few isolated thunderstorms that'll start to ease off uh, for the the evening. Heat warning in effect for the following areas that are in red. We'll still continue to see it in towards our Sunday and then a bit of a reprieve will be midweek next week. But a reminder to stay hydrated, air conditioning for the weekend if you can or spend some time indoors and sunscreen and hats. Interior sections, be prepared. The peak of the heat will be Sunday, Monday for most areas, but we're getting into the upper 30s and still a hot one with mid and upper 30s on Tuesday back to the low 30s on Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, back into the mid-20s. So see, still seeing the heat leading all the way in towards next week. Coastal sections for the northern half of the province. Tomorrow morning we'll see some cloud cover, a nice clearing on the way for the afternoon. Inland back into the low 30s. The instability tomorrow will be for the northeastern corners of the province and southeastern corners, especially near Cranbrook with the risk of a thunderstorm. Heat is on for Whistler tomorrow, 34 degrees. And right across the south coast we will have hazy or smoky skies. The haze will be there once again, but the heat, we will see those temperatures. The hottest days, Sunday, Monday for us across Metro Vancouver, but Sunday for your weekend. Tuesday, Wednesday, it'll be a touch cooler. On our Wednesday, we'll get back into the low 20s. Tonight's weather window, a great shot that was taken from Christina, and this was from Green Lake and a fantastic rainbow. Guys? That is outstanding. Almost complete. I wonder if Wayne Cox Oops, saw sorry, it up there in Green Lake. You got to come over here eventually. Yeah. Or, uh, well, let's see if you can make it without getting caught on camera. All right, she's at the top of her profession serving Columbia's airports, and the bad guys don't like it one bit. 
Umbra has sniffed out more than 2,000 kilos, that's 4,400 pounds of cocaine, hidden in suitcases, boats, and fruit shipments. Her drug detection skills are so extraordinary, a Colombian cartel has put a $70,000 bounty on her head. Sombra's nose has netted more than 200 drug-related arrests and at least nine tons of contraband. She's now patrolling Bogota's airport under extra tight security for her own protection. Oh, I hope she stays safe. Looks like a beautiful dog. Uh, or now. Yeah, you can do it now. What's the matter? <laughs> oh, I just, the fireworks promos, I'm judging them. I'm not the only oh. judge. I'm being judgmental. I did that once, I think. It's very hard. Did you? But like, what, what, it's like, oh, I like that. This, the, they all look Where good. they are placed in the sky, mm -hmm. you know, high, mid, low, size matters. <laughs> and and sim in symphony, in synchronization. Yeah, she yeah, must be using the music. Yes. Mm -hmm. And whatever you're trying to show everybody must be it's working. Serious business. Mm -hmm. So right. is so is soccer. <laughs> you're right. It is serious business. When the White Cats play Minnesota tomorrow at BC Place, Alfonso Davies is going to play. We just don't know if he'll be a starting player or come off the bench at some point because the kid has been through a whirlwind this week, flying to Philadelphia where Bayern Munich was hanging out, signing with them, getting back here. He will play the rest of the season in Vancouver, that we know. And he'll play without any interference by Bayern Munich. They have no say in how the Whitecaps use him. So until the end of this season, it is up to Carl Robinson to decide how Alfonso Davies is used. Being arguably one of our best players, if not our best player, and we need him, we've missed him over the last couple of games. Um, because he brings that spark and that um, enthusiasm and little bits of quality that we, we haven't got in the team. So it won't change the way I want to play him. If he's tired or he's not up to the levels, then he won't play. Uh, he'll come off the bench. But if he's fit and ready, then I'm sure I'm, not, I'm like every other fan. They want to see him play 95 minutes of every game that he's available. Injury is a part of the game. Um, but no, like every time I step on the field, I give my 100%, give my all to the team I'm playing for. And Whitecap midfielder Efrain Juarez will be out the next three MLS games for bumping a ref. He gets one game for a red card, two more added on by the league. This doesn't help his cause for staying in Vancouver. He's been a big disappointment this year. You know, being a running back for the BC Lions has become a very dangerous job. Brandon Rutley, torn ACL in last week's loss to Ottawa. That was his first game as a Lion, and he played well, but I think this one might end his season. He was playing because Jeremiah Johnson was injured, so the Lions are rather thin at running back right now. They have some time to get some people in their next game is a week from tomorrow in Calgary. So missing the playoffs last year, added to all the big-name departures on defense, has the Seattle Seahawks more like the Legion of Gloom than the Legion of Boom. Nobody is expecting the Seahawks to be a serious playoff contender, but Russell Wilson is forever optimistic, and he says it's much the same feeling in Seattle as when he arrived in 2012. This year feels like kind of like my rookie year. Way more ex experience, obviously, um, but the feeling of it all is just different, you know, for whatever reason. Um, a lot of new faces and everything else. Um, you know, uh, I think I think the outside world doesn't really know, you know, what's uh, what we're plant, what we're hoping to do, and what we're working for. You know, kind of. You no, know, I don't think anybody had really crazy high expectations my rookie year too. You know, so a lot of that feels the same. U.S. Open 18. All right, Canadian Open round two. This Justin Johnson, number one in the world. Right the now. approach on a par five. This goes to about nine Start feet. Would lead to an eagle. 
He shot 66. He's tied for six. The uh, leader is Kevin Tway. He's at minus 13. Johnson's at minus 10. Adam Hadwin of Abbotsford. Just enough rolls. But there wasn't enough of those. 14. Oh boy. This is going in a bad way, in a bad place. Oh boy. And that's it. He's not playing on the weekend. This is a hard hole. Missed by one shot. But his Abbotsford pal, Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor here. Shot 67 today. He's the top Canadian minus nine. He's actually tied for 10th. Merritt's Roger Sloan and SFU star amateur Chris Chris Ologo, who's from Richmond, both made the cut at minus seven. You can watch the third round right here on Global tomorrow at noon. There you go. Good to see some Canadians doing all right. Thanks, Squire. Let's check in with Andrew and Al for a look ahead to Global News at 11. And Thanks, Sophie. We continue to follow the bog fire in Richmond. The stubborn fire has been sending huge plumes of smoke across the lower mainland. As we heard earlier, crews have been hitting this fire hard from the air and ground. Our Paul Johnson will have the latest on the situation there. And we also have crews on the ground in Kelowna keeping a close eye on the Glenmore fire where close to 900 homes remain on evacuation alert overnight. We'll have those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11 o'clock. Chris, Sophie. All right, thanks very much, Ann. Squire is going to be back right after the break with Satellite Debris. But first, here is Kasia Badurka with five things to do this weekend. Kasia. Yeah, the summer spectacles and festivals continue. And first, the much-anticipated Honda Celebration of Light. It happens Saturday night. In its 29th year, it's the longest-running offshore fireworks festival in the world. Great food, live music, and of course, an incredible display of fireworks. This week, South Africa lights up the skies. Bring your appetite and sense of adventure to New West. The sixth annual Columbia Street Food Truck Fest is on. Expect over 80 trucks, eight beer gardens, live music, and many activities for all ages. It's that time again to celebrate Steveston's waterfront heritage. Head to Richmond for its annual Maritime Festival, a free family event where you can discover local history and culture, create works of art, enjoy tasty treats, and live entertainment. It's being called Canada's hottest beach festival and it's happening at Kelowna's City Park. Center of Gravity, a sports and music festival is on all weekend, bringing food, music, games like axe throwing and of course beach volleyball to the waterfront. There's nothing like art, music and good times in a scenic setting like downtown Squamish. And that's what you get at the Wind Festival for the Arts. Get your dance on to some awesome bands, browse around the artisan market or make your own pieces of art. More information is available at globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. It's Friday, mm -hmm. which means this portion of the show is brought to you by Squire Barnes. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, yeah, Satellite Debris, we've had a bit of time off. We haven't seen Satellite Debris in a while. No, it seems Mainly like it's been a I long time. Mm -hmm. It seems like a long time, but we're back. Worth the wait. Let's yeah, find uh, out. Let's find out, shall we? <laughs> I mean, oh, yes. So I want to show you this. Uh, Steve Pierce, who plays with the Boston Red Sox, he gets sucked in by a fan. Now, a fan is going to yell, I got it. You're not going to really Look hear that, but that's exactly what happened. Some right fan here yells, I got it. So he thinks it's the guy behind territory. him. Oh, you got it? Okay. Uh, lost it. Oh, how does a pro not know the voice of his teammate? That's just some dude in row three who yelled that out. Oh, you. You. 
Lane Thomas, this is uh, minor league ball. Over the fence and still comes up with the baseball. That is brilliant. Thomas, And he didn't hurt himself. And neither did Timir Morganov. Despite what could have been one of the worst pole vault accidents you have ever seen. Atmosphere of the pole vault world. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right through the shorts? This could have hit a lot of things. But you know, just the same, just the same. It's always good to check. Yep, we're all good. Okay. I'm still 100%. I feel like you might have noticed that. You know what? I was for the Every cameras. guy would still check again. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling better about myself now. <laughs> All right. This is a weird show. Okay. So now. Oh, happy now, Friday. Yeah. Now, well, you know what? That was, there's not a guy in the world who wouldn't have checked. Uh, okay. So a couple of commercials here. One uh, for Doritos, but the first one features Kevin. Oh, you look good. Thank you. Hey. See the guy taking my little girl out, huh? Yep. Huh. You know what? Why don't you go ahead and take my new car? Thanks, Pops. Go ahead, baby. Watch this. <laughs> Boom! Let's go! Favorite spot? Favorite girl. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? You messing with the wrong daddy! I'm taking you home. Why? Car Finder on the Hyundai Genesis. Back so soon? Here you go, sir. Because a dad's got to do what a dad's got to do. Honey, what'd you guys do tonight? And there's your beautiful baby. Any day now. Really? You're eating Doritos? He's eating Doritos on my ultrasound. Do you see what I have to do? I know. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> oh, just like that. Okay. Uh, you always like the avocado from Mexico. Avocados yeah. from Mexico. I know. I like the little jingle too. Well, here is a commercial for avocados from Mexico. <laughs> With the next pick in the first draft ever, Australia selects the kangaroo. Yes. I like that pick. Get up, hops, jump, vertical. Brazil selects the sloth. Off the field issues. Mauritius selects the dodo bird. Ah, ah. Uh oh. And Mexico selects. <gasps> The avocado! Great pick. Love it. Rich volcanic soil. Perfect weather. That'll make avocados from Mexico the ideal year-round snack. Avocados from Mexico. After years of being treated like she was invisible, it occurred to Mindy she might actually be invisible. Mindy was actually not invisible. Whoa, excuse me. Did you see me? She had just always been treated that way. Yes, yes, ma'am. You don't want to kiss, just to make Absolutely sure. Absolutely not. No, I didn't want to kiss you either, Matt Damon, so. 
Join the nation that sees you as a priority. Nationwide is on your side. There you go. She's the best. She, uh, She's actually, great. that Mindy project is very funny. It we're is. In the, yeah. We're in the golden age of female comedy. Not that I'm getting on a soapbox <laughs> right now, but there's just so many funny women right now. We're, I don't Mindy's know. one of them. She, Yvonne could, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not our expertise at all. Your expertise is the weather, the of course. Forecast. Heading into another hot weekend. So be prepared, especially for Sunday. It's hot today, but it'll be even hotter. The peak of the temperatures will be on Sunday. Be prepared. If you're planning to heading to the beach, most areas will be at 27, but with the humidex, it's still going to feel over 30 degrees. And we'll continue to see the heat. Some people asking when we'll see that reprieve. And it's on Wednesday. It'll be uh, slightly cooler, more comfortable for many people. We may even see a few clouds in the mix but so far with the hazy conditions we'll anticipate that continuing for the weekend too so celebration of light oh sorry yeah, what you well, say? that's what i wanted to bring up yeah uh, well, so we're gonna be i don't there. want to put you on the spot but will the smoke be an issue in the evening i don't know actually because did we have it around that time last year we did yeah we did last year it was, it was a visible it was okay so it should be okay i will be down there for the news hour at six and so will be the judge I'll are be you judging. the only You'll judge I'm not the only judge. Oh. One of three? There's three judges? I think there right? are five. Do they bribe the judges? Join me if you're going down there. Have you a good can weekend. If you want, you can certainly try. <laughs>